0: Verse 5, chapter 21 of the book of Numbers. If you spend any time in the book of Numbers, it takes a little time to get through it. The people spake against God. They spake against Moses. They said, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. Now, this gets pretty rich pretty quick right here. They started griping to the Lord about what he had done in their life. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. This is not a good chapter to read before you go to sleep. (laughs) So the people came to Moses that they just spoke against. And they repented. They said, we have sinned because we spoke against the Lord and we spoke against you. Would you please intercede for us? They said, pray to the Lord. Pray unto the Lord that he would take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Had Moses been a jerk, he would have said, you got yourself into this. You're going to live in it. But he had the heart of a pastor. He, had the, he was a man of God. And sometimes you got to pray things off people that they invited. Amen. The Lord said unto Moses, and this is where it gets kind of crazy Make thee a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass. That everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon the serpent that's on the snake, the the snake that's on, on the rod, that he shall live. So Moses did it. He made a serpent of brass and he put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. The people spoke against God and against Moses, and the snakes came. They repented, and the Lord told Moses, put a serpent on a stick. And when they get bit by the serpent, to look at the serpent. Understand what I'm saying to you. If they get bit by the, by the serpent, then have them come look at the serpent. Because the cause will be the cure. You may be seated. I would have been one of the ones that history recorded in the annals of biblical history that died in the wilderness. But it would not have been because I had disobeyed God. It would not have been because I got bit by a snake. It would have been because when I saw the snake, I took off running and had a heart attack. I would have went to my promised land fairly quickly. It wouldn't have taken 40 years, I promise you that. There is something interesting in the dynamic of humanity that I wish so very bad we could find a cure for. And I speak to you with all sincerity in my heart tonight. And I I ask you this question, how many generations does it take for us to realize that the thing that caused grief to the generations before us will cause us grief. Now, I'm not screaming and yelling right this second, so I, I want this to sink deep into your heart. When you look at decisions made by people that have gone before you, you see that they walk away from God and they can't find peace. But for some reason we think, when we walk away from God, that we're going to find peace. Just stay with me. Can you name me one person in their lifetime that alcohol was a blessing to them? Yet tonight, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I can't name you one person that had a good thing come out of their life while they were drunk. I can't think of one drunk driver that's ever killed somebody that it was a good thing. You understand what I'm saying? It produced pain. I've never in my life, and our family's been affected by it, it's, it's tragic, for a drug overdose. And I've, I've yet to figure out a way to find out how that blesses people. Yet for some reason, it's like we have this mental block in all of humanity. It's not just singling an individual out. It's like the rules all change for me. It may have affected my dad that way. It may have affected my uncle that way. It may have affected so-and-so that way, but it won't affect me that way. It doesn't affect my family that way. It doesn't affect my children that way. Church family, please hear me when I tell you tonight that you are nothing but flesh. And the tricks of the enemy's trade that he has used for 6,000 years, he is still using today. After a while, you find out That whether you're preaching in the United States of America or you're in Asia or you're in Africa, you just pick the continent. When you go, it doesn't matter the color of their skin, what language they speak. When you get down to the heart of the matter, they're people. And they've got the same ideas. I've walked through the streets of of Amsterdam and watched people publicly sit down like just like people would smoke cigarettes here They just sit down and start firing up bongs And uh, rolling joints Just right on the sidewalk I mean just whatever they want to do And they, uh, they They pop pills like they're candy it's, it's free Like pretty much You can find drugs wherever you want to find them And I walked up and down those streets And I thought to myself How many friends do they have to lose before it makes sense to them? You're not invincible. It can happen to anybody at any time. But when you're taking that hit, it never dawns on you that you're going to end up in prison. or You're going to end up messed up. You're going to end up addicted. You're going to end up broke down. Your life is going to be a mess. And the reason is because we are just sinful flesh. That's all we are. It is a constant battle, not from the time that you receive the Spirit of God in your life, from the time that you are cognizant and born to understand. After you're born, you you begin to realize who you are and what's going on in life. Let me help you with this. Is there anybody in here tonight that ever took lying lessons? No? Anybody in here that's ever took lying lessons? Nobody? Come on, I know some of you got a Ph.D. in it. I'm not really going to drop it. So, nobody in here has ever took lying lessons. But what was your instinct when... The authority in your life, your parents, your grandparents, whoever it was that was raising you. At the moment when they walked in the room and mom said, I'm cooking dinner. And you got chocolate chip on your mouth. Because you've had your hand in the cookie jar. It doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. When she looks at you and says, are you eating cookies? No. You didn't You didn't go to class for that. It's in your nature. That's who you are. And so it is a battle constantly to be a better you. And while we're trying to fix everybody else and make them better, we need some work on ourselves. People are trying to fix their marriage by fixing their spouse. Hang on, I'll make you happy in just a minute. They're trying to fix their spouse so they can have a good marriage. So they leave that one and go get another one, and that spouse is messed up too. They go get another one, and that spouse is messed up too. I was sitting in a meeting full of preachers one time, and they were discussing this subject. They were talking about some men that were coming before the board to get their, marriage, to get their uh, minister's license. And they said, "We got a little problem here because some of these men we're going to have to change language because some of them have more than 3 wives." At which point I meant, I meant to be quiet, but it was loud. And I said, "Well, how many's too many? At what point do you decide like I'm really hard to live with?" You know what I'm saying? Like that woman at the well that had five and the one that she was with was somebody else's? I got a feeling she probably had some pretty good men. They weren't, boy, it's tied up in here right now. If so-and-so would fix that, this whole thing would get better. Well, listen to, Pastor, when I tell you tonight, I learned a lesson when I was a kid, Okay. I hope you guys don't drown in this. I'm about to get deep. Brother Gray, if you got some floaties, I may need them here in just a second. Just If you walk into a room of 60 people and they're all wrong. <laughs> See, I, I was really hoping somebody would pick that up and preach that for me right there. If everybody in your life is wrong about the decision that you're making right now, there's a pretty good chance that they're not all as stupid as you think they are. Am I I helping anybody in here right now? Are you ready to go eat pizza? So understand me when I tell you that my biggest problem in my life is not my wife. It's not people in this church. It's not How I was raised I was raised good That's a a good thing to say If you're sitting close to my mother I was raised good But I've seen people That have been raised as good as I have That made some really foolish decisions Because you can't blame your folks And I've seen people that have been through a, a lot And I could talk to you about some of them That have led in this church That had every single reason in the world To throw in the towel and quit Had been abused Had been done wrong Had been in environments that I wouldn't wish my dog to be in And today they stand strong for truth and love God And So what I'm saying to you is Our problem is not our neighbor Our problem is that war that's within us That only we can answer that question How will I live my life before the Lord? I'll I'll get Sunday night here in just a minute. But I want to help somebody right here for just a second. So. If we can't blame our parents. Then we start blaming the devil. And we say the devil has messed this up. And the devil's messed that up. And the devil messed their home up. And the devil messed his ministry up. And. Bless his holy name It's amazing to me How much victory we give the enemy When we start declaring the mighty things that he has done in the lives of people Because I've seen mighty men fall And when they fell, people said, look what the devil has done And while it's heartbreaking for me to admit it tonight I just want to tell you that the devil played no part in that victory It was a decision that was made in the inner man that this is what I choose to do out of pure selfishness because I want me to be happy more than anything else. And it doesn't matter who I hurt or who I take down or who I leave behind as long as I am happy. And, folks, you hear this preacher when I tell you tonight, I don't care how good you are and I don't care how long you've had the Holy Ghost. That nature is in you. Yes. every. Single one of you. That nature is in you. You didn't learn that nature. You were born with that nature. It was in you, it was the ability within you to become something that today you would despise someone else being. It is within you. So I'm saying to you tonight, if you have fallen and made a mistake, the good news for you is, since you can't blame your daddy for it, and you can't blame your mother for it, and you can't blame the devil for it, that means anybody that you would blame for it, they can't keep you from getting back to where you need to be either.
1: If the devil did not make you do that, then the devil can't keep you from getting it fixed tonight.
0: I'm saying to you right now, I don't care if he likes it or not. I don't care what he's got to say about it. I don't care if he's whispering in your ear right now. You've got a right in Jesus' name to tell that devil you are not the boss of me.
1: You do not direct my destiny. You do not order my footsteps. I will be made whole tonight.
0: Stay with me. I'm getting there. So let's go to Genesis. When the old serpent comes in and beguiles them and makes Eve eat the fruit. Why are y'all shaking your heads at my preaching false doctrine? I hadn't found it yet. What I saw was a a spirit inhabiting a serpent. Beguiling her and causing her to ask questions in her mind that she already knew the answer to. Man, I'm preaching right now. At some point in your life, you've got to quit asking the same questions that you already know the answer to. You know that it's going to be expensive. You know that it's going to hurt. You know that it's going to tear you down. You know that it's going to keep you out of the will of God. Quit asking the question. Just make up in your mind. It doesn't matter how many times you ask me this, devil. I'm going to give you the same answer. It is
1: written, get thee behind me.
0: Understand this, preacher, when I tell you tonight that it was not the serpent that had dominion in that garden. It was man that had dominion in that garden. It was the serpent that caused the man to question how strong his dominion
1: was. Your dominion tonight is more mighty than you believe. And the enemy wants you to believe tonight that he is greater than you. But I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that we have been given power to tread upon. Upon the head of the lion, the adder, and the dragon, and I'm declaring in the name of Jesus, I will walk in my dominion.
0: I'm getting there. Still, my introduction. So, the devil was not the problem in the garden. Flesh was the problem in the garden. So what does God do when flesh has been destroyed by the enemy? When Lucifer comes in and wreaks havoc on humanity and says, now I've got you where I want you. I've caused you to question your dominion and I've got all this taken care of. The Lord is sending a subliminal message through Numbers chapter 21 of exactly what it is that He does. When He sends the fiery serpents, and stay with me through this left-hand turn right here for just a minute. Because once I hit the gas, we're getting out of here. It's going to happen pretty quick. And the Lord is teaching a principle to the children of Israel through Moses. When they are complaining about the bite of the snake. And the Lord says, then you take a snake and put it on the pole. And tell them to look at the snake. And it will be fixed. Why? Because the cause will become the fix. The cause will be the cure. So when man, all of the dominion of mankind was raped by Lucifer. The flesh of mankind was ripped apart by Lucifer. Then the Lord says, I think I have an answer. The very cause will become the cure. It was flesh that caused man to stumble and the enemy defeated
1: man. But it will be flesh that defeats that enemy Because John called him the
0: son of God In John chapter 1 He sums it up pretty quickly Within 14 verses When he said in the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God And verse 14 he said the word Became flesh What did the word become? It became flesh Because
1: flesh is what got us into the sin problem But the problem Is going to be the cure He did not come in the form of an angel He came in the form of a man He came in the form of flesh And the cause became
0: the cure And all of a sudden John sums up pretty quickly In just a matter of a few verses Exactly how it was that the mind of God became connected to the heart of mankind again. That it was flesh that had been marred by the enemy. But it was going to be flesh that would destroy the enemy. And so all of a sudden, as John describes his heavenly mission, as the Son of God revealed to us, as we beheld His glory as Of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's as though you can feel Matthew begin to elbow his way into the conversation. And say, John, I want you to understand that I believe what you're saying, but you're gonna get these people confused if you just leave them hanging on the fact that he is the son of God because he is not just the son of God, he is the son
1: of man. And in the beginning of Matthew, he begins to speak of Jesus as being the root and the offspring of David, and he begins to walk through the lineage and the bloodline on the fleshly side of the Messiah. And he begins to declare to us that the mighty God is not just deity wrapped up in flesh. But he has ever been as much man as he is God. He is not just a God that's not touched by us. He said we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. Your God became flesh. And and the cause became the cure.
0: He could have came as an angel But the angels announced him God have mercy As a matter of fact The word of the Lord said That he chose to be made A little lower than the angels In the form of a man Why? with God Almighty stooped down into the form of a man because that's the only way he could redeem what flesh had marred was by becoming flesh. I'm glad to tell you
1: tonight that our God did not leave us without solutions. Our God did not leave us in a sin epidemic without an answer. But I'm telling this church tonight we've got an Almighty God who is now visible to the man that is flesh because the Scripture says that he is our mediator between God and man he is the man why the man because the cause is now the cure he had to be a man to fix the man
0: For it pleases the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Go on to that next chapter, the second chapter in the ninth verse, where it says to us, listen to this. I love it. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. What? fleshly in
1: the body because the cause has now become the cure god hey i'm telling you that calvary was not an afterthought he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world
0: Pastor, why, 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 why are you so slow? I, I'm trying to slow down for you. Because I want you to understand what I'm preaching to you tonight. There is absolutely, no question, unequivocally, undeniable. That there have been some men throughout the ages of Christian history. That have tried to manipulate the doctrine of who he is. They have tried to somehow reduce him down to a, a third share right, yeah, the yeah. power and the glory. Uh-huh. But the flesh, the man, said in Matthew 28 and 18 All power. Watch me here. From where? In the portals and in the flesh. The cause became the cure. Yeah, but he was deity, so you have to understand. Oh, no, you have to understand. He was flesh because he was tempted. Y'all could preach this for me right now. He was tempted in like manner. In every manner that we are tempted. Yet he remained without sin. Because he showed us not in spirit but in flesh. That in your flesh you can overcome temptation. The cause
1: will become.
0: (laughs) So now the flesh comes. Flesh comes Hangs on a cross I'm hurrying Flesh comes Hangs on a cross Put him in a tomb And he said in his flesh He said you destroy this temple In three days I will raise it up again So guess what happened on the third day (laughs) Come on brother Maines, tell it the cross couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. It... Man, if y'all can feel what I feel, you know why I'm not standing still right now. You understand me when I tell you. He told them, I'm coming back on the third day. And before he left, on the Mount of Ascension, he told them, he said, I'll be back again. So if he can't... My, my, my. So the flesh lays down in his tomb and on the third day he got up but something had happened to his flesh. His flesh was glorified and for 40 days with many with many infallible proofs which means it cannot be disproved. You, hey, hallelujah. Man, I feel him up in here right now. For 40 days with many infallible proofs, he began to show himself to many, ultimately to 500. And they began to recognize him. But on the road to Emmaus, they said, we we thought you were maybe him because we couldn't figure it out. You didn't look the same. There was something, something about you that was just different. But our hearts burned within us while you were, ah, while you... While you are talking to us, and what you've got to understand is that this is a preview of what
1: flesh looks like resurrected. My flesh has been the problem for all these years, but Jesus said, There's coming a day that you're not gonna recognize, you're not gonna recognize the flesh. And the cause will become. If you're tired of what's going on in your body, Peter, then look at this body. Just look at the body. I have been resurrected. This is my glorified body. Hallelujah. I have become the cure for your disease.
0: I want to preach this to you, but I want you to get it. No crying. No dying. No sorrow. No pain. No sickness.
1: No disease. Because the cause has now found the cure. His body that was crucified was enough to heal my body that's sick. And if my body doesn't get healed down here, it will be glorified. My body will be different. I feel like reminded you tonight, there will be no more pain. There will be no more sadness. There will be no more darkness in the city where the lamb is the light. Me, devil, whatever the cause is, I found the cure.
0: The now, I'm almost finished, but you got to stay with me right here, or you're gonna miss me. In my flesh, so many times I've given victory to the devil, I have, Brother McLean, my lifetime. Made decisions that I wish I wouldn't have made. And I gave victory to the enemy through my flesh. I opened up my stupid mouth and said things that I wish I wouldn't have said. Hey man, I've done things that I wish I wouldn't have done. And I didn't do them without the body. I did them with the body. It was with my body. That's why he said... Uh, Paul told the church he said flee fornication because this is a sin not only against your body but it's against God. I'm not preaching on fornication I'm showing you that sin is a it's a body thing. It happens in the flesh. The flesh is the problem the flesh is how you give subjective nature to the enemy and say so you just come on in and do what you want to do you have to open the door. He don't have access. That's enough to make you dance right there. He don't have access to your mind. He doesn't have access to your emotions. If he comes in you've let Amen. But it's through my body that I've sinned. It's through my my, my body that I have defiled my flesh. And I have crucified, guess what? The Son of God afresh. Because when I sin in my flesh, I sin against His flesh. Because He gave me the cure. man. Now let me preach this for just a second. Honest to God, I'm going to be done probably less than five minutes. If you get bit by the serpent, look at the serpent. Because the cause will become the cure. You understand what I'm saying? The cause, somebody say that, the the cause became the cure. So if I have given the devil victory in my flesh, guess what it's going to take for me to get my victory back? It's going to take my flesh. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to feel condemnation and conviction and darkness all around me and it ain't the devil's fault because the devil didn't sin. That was me. And the reason I feel condemnation is because of my flesh. And the reason why I don't want to stand up and raise my hands because people will judge me is because of my flesh. But in my flesh... I have the right to tell the enemy
1: you're not going to leave me here like this tonight We've... I may have given the devil victory in my flesh but I'm about to get my victory back in my flesh
0: Pastor, it's got to be a work of the Spirit. I'm not here to clash swords with you tonight, and I believe in the work of the Spirit. But the flesh has got to open the door for the Spirit to work. God will work. Who will let Him work? I gave over victory in my flesh, but I did it with action. Man, I'm preaching right now. I performed an action of some kind against my body to give the enemy access and I'm not going to get that victory back by sitting still. If it took some kind of an action
1: for me to give him victory then I'm going to have to move with action to get my victory back. I'm telling you that victory does not come in your flesh sitting on a pew looking like you've been baptized in pickle juice.
0: wrong with you? Nothing. Guys, when you get married, if your wife says that, you just believe her and walk out of the room. Nothing. Church family, y'all are with me right now and you stand, so don't run off and leave me right here because I need to talk to you. Most of y'all look at the back of everybody's heads. I look at your faces. Some of you thinking I'm, offer, I, I, I'm operating in the prophetic and it's really just the pathetic. When I look down, your face is scowled up. Don't matter if the choir sings fast or slow, old or new. And you just sit there, don't do anything. Don't clap your hands. Don't raise your hands. Well, when the Spirit moves on me, I'll dance. What do you think that's going to feel like? Well, if pastor wants me to, he'll come get me. Eh. I'm sorry, Jim, that is wrong. Nope. When the Spirit of the Lord comes moving in the house like it is right now. You won't get your victory watching him move. You're going to get your victory when you start to move. That very same body that was defiled by the enemy. Your victory was purchased with his body. So that.
1: He didn't take 39 stripes in his spirit. He took them in his body.
0: I'm trying to quit. My flesh is what got me into this. And my flesh is what's going to get me out of this. Uh, well, no, no, God, God, God's going to fix this. God, no, God's not going to fix it. I'm Hey, Shanda Boho I'm not here tonight to frustrate anybody or upset anybody, but you understand me, this isn't a God problem it's a flesh problem, and it 's going to be fixed when our flesh submits to his spirit, like we submitted to the powers of darkness, and the very same flesh that got us in will be the same flesh that gets us out. You hear this preacher when I tell you that the flesh that I gave dominion to the enemy is the same flesh that I can dance with these feet right here and dance on his sorry
1: head. I may have gave him dominion, but I 'm going to dance on his head. I- until he gives me my dominion back. I'm declaring it in Jesus name. You may have took my victory, but you can't take my dance and you can't take my voice and you can't take my worship. The flesh that got me in this is going to get me out. I said the cause is the cure.
0: I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your. That ye present your. Well, why don't I present my spirit? Because your spirit didn't get you into this. This is why holiness is so important. Because holiness works on my flesh. Well, pastor, you know, the truth is. Men look on the outward. God looks on the heart. You're defiling your own flesh right now because what you're openly admitting is that your flesh is the only thing they can see. So if they don't see a difference in your flesh, they don't have a clue what's happening in your heart. It was my filthy, rotten flesh that led me in the direction of sin. That's why when people look at me and I don't look any different, I don't talk any different, I don't live any different, I don't go to different places, I don't stop doing what I used to do, I haven't
1: been saved, I've been relieved.
0: These feet that trod the path of temptation Are the very same feet that are going to dance on the head of my enemy. I want to do a science experiment in here right now. I want everybody that can see. If you got good vision right now. I know this is scary. I want you to look away from me right now, okay? Just for a second. And I want you to look at the floor. Look down between your feet. What do you see? Carpet? Anybody see gold? No? Anybody see gold? No? So it's not gold yet? Then you're still in your flesh. If it's not gold yet, you're still in your flesh. Don't tell me how you're going to dance on gold. If you can't even dance on carpet... People make fun of me. Bless your little heart. Bless your flesh. <laughs> Let me just ask you this Is it your spirit that's worried about embarrassment or your flesh? Huh? All right. Go ahead. I was told the story about the little boy who kept jumping up in church. His mom would get arrested now. But in the story, the little boy would jump up in church, and he'd flail his arms and bake doors. She'd turn around pop him in the mouth and say, sit down. So a few minutes later, he'd get up, and he'd start dancing around. She'd turn around and pop him, sit down. Finally, after about four or five times that, she turned around. She looked at him. He was sitting so quietly. And he said, Mama, I may be sitting here in my flesh. But in my spirit, I'm dancing. Some of y'all have got the reverse of that tonight. You're trying to convince the Lord how bad you want it in your spirit, but you haven't shown Him in your flesh yet. Sometimes you got to raise your hands when you don't feel like raising your
1: hands. Sometimes you got to dance. Ah! The cause will be the cure. This very same flesh that got me in is going to get me out. I'm going to worship my way out.
0: All right. We're going to make one more rust for it. Folks, I'm going to be really honest with you right here. Right now, I'd just about give money for some baseball signals or anything. Because I'm trying to... I don't dance, Pastor. For the love of God. Would you just stick your toe out there and... Hand clapping has become in Pentecost our escape plan, our exit strategy before victory. When the preacher says it, if it gets on our flesh, we just clap till he's done saying it. Uh Woo! Man, I'm preaching good right now. I'm just going, I'm gonna clap, and I hope he'll get off of it. I hope I'll just hope he'll. Oh God. I know how some of you are, too, because I found out later that you're like, I hope he don't look at me. (laughs) They get nervous, Brother McLean. Probably because I'm so intimidating. I am so intimidating. They're like, oh, God, Pastor looked at me. He looked at me. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. (laughs) You know how I know? Because I just offered every one of you of the last 35 minutes victory of a lifetime. And the only thing you've got to do is step out in your flesh. I only dance in the Spirit. Then why in the world are your calves sore tomorrow when you dance in the Spirit? I'm preaching, I'm preaching in the Spirit tonight. That's why I'm sweating. I'm not going to ask anybody to do this. I just, I just kind of want everybody to be on the same page. When somebody gets up here and says, pray in the spirit, what do we start doing? Speak in tongues. In what? In tongues. Oh, because the tongues are part of my spirit. No, they're not. My tongues are how the spirit prays through me. So if I'm dancing in the spirit, that means the spirit is dancing in me. Some of y'all got a dancing spirit in you, and you you need to let it out of you. It feels pretty good on
1: Sunday night. Well, Pastor, I can't dance like I used to. Then just dance like you can.